We got WrestleMania Backlash Aftermath, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Plus, we bring back the unique rating system that we created for WrestleMania month. The Owen Hart Foundation Tournament continues on AEW, and we review the 12 hours of wrestling that we watched all week. Welcome back, Wrestling Junkies. It's the weekend, so it's time for that wrap-up and review the 12-plus hours of wrestling that we watched all week long. I'm Ernie, and damn, Daniel, back at it again with the White Vans. It's my partner in crime, Michael. Hey, what's up, everybody? And if I sound a little funny, or at least funnier than usual, we're coming at you gorilla style. I could never let you guys down. I, being the genius that I am, I'm away from my home. I've got my PC, but I do not have my charger, so I'm coming to you on my trusty Apple iPhone. We're on location, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you are listening to another amazing production from Under the Apron. Let's start this podcast with some news. All right. Actually, let's start it with me opening up my canteen black cherry vodka soda seltzer. Oh, are we doing the the drinks? I have to do them. I do them every night, even when I'm not on podcast. But that's for me and my uh, therapist to discuss. Oh my! God. Well, um, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm going with the Gatorade Zero. Okay. Today, uh, have to be healthy at least. Don't make noise Gla- when you open them. Glacier freeze. Totally, totally refreshing. Yeah, I do like the glacier freeze. All right, let's start with some news. Um, this one's from Fightful.com. Um, last, wow, what are we? On Wednesday, you heard about the news about Cody Ibushi and um, his decision to leave NJPW. Immediately after I broke that news, word came out that Kota Ibushi has accused NJPW management of power harassment after threats to terminate his contract. Huh. Yeah. Be careful with uh, that Ibu- one. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Ibushi spoke out against NJPW management, namely Kikuchi, who was part of NJPW's talent relations department, revealing that Kikuchi threatened to end Ibushi's contract with NJPW due to an appearance at a Just Tap Out show on March 4th that was not approved by Kikuchi. Sounds like another um, wrestling promoter that I know of. (laughs) Which we won't name, right? No, we won't name (laughs) Talking to social media once again, Ibushi responded to fans asking about the situation, and Ibushi said, this is a power harassment that happens daily to the non-homegrown talent. I don't think I've ever asked if I could return by a phone call. Of course, I've never had a single meeting, and the line message, the threat message, suddenly came for the first time in months. This is outrageous if you think about it uh, normally. I can release every line message. Just I don't mind. I didn't mind, but it felt wrong to stay quiet. I'm really calm and collected. I don't know what makes me officially fired, but saying it via line message no, shows Kikuchi's personality and the president's instruction. There are too many other things to talk about, but you'll know it soon. The truth can't be concealed. I'm totally calm. I was just disappointed that this low-level person, Kikuchi, was my boss and felt sorry that I faced power harassment from him. Wow. Wow. Is it too late to add to the fact that 
uh, NJPW and Kikuchi work for the um, what are they called? The Mafia. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. There's more to this, and I'm gonna put it in the description below and Spotify, where you can go find it on Fightful.com. Uh, link to it will be for Fightful. Mm-hmm. Read more about it there. I, I'm, I'm too nervous to even read. Yeah, more. really. Yeah, we. <laughs> I don't want them coming after me. <laughs> That's the difference between the other promoter and this promoter. That the other promoter will just sue you. This one will try to kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we'll let you look it up for yourselves. And enjoy that one. Um. Uh, well, I guess that's the only bit of news. I'll be bringing you more news later on in the show. You'll hear about it. I'll bring it up every once in a while. Um, All right. WrestleMania Backlash is done and over with and is in the proverbial bag. Hopefully this means we get a new season of the wrestling show and don't have to rely on thinking that we might be getting repeats of WrestleMania oh, matches. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's hope we move on. So let's start with the first match of the night. Cody Rhodes defeated Seth Rollins. And how long was that match? 20 minutes and 45 freaking seconds. Oh, that's it? <sighs> Felt more like 45 minutes and 20 seconds. Although um, it was a good match. Wrestling-wise, I thought it was a good match. And I thought it was back and forth. I mean, as far as the tension. Okay, um... Wrestling fans, this is a part where you just leave the show because <laughs> I'm about to go off on Seth Rollins. I don't care if you like the guy. I Uh-oh. yeah. So here it goes. Okay. So um, email me with your whatever you want to email me with whatever you want to say. <laughs> don't listen to the show. Whatever you want to do, I don't care. Um, from under the apron at gmail.com. Email your discuss towards me there and ask me why is your problem just you know this is my opinion on this guy nobody else's okay all right so here's what i put down what is this fascination with the gold gym belt <laughs> I, I get it it's owned by a famous wrestler but can you get your own at walmart for 14.99 or 12 13 pounds for my friends across the pond you can get it there you can you can buy it yourself yeah thank you know thank you google for converting that customize it Paint those things white, and if you're an artist, do what you can to include a much better sports entertainer than mm. what you have here. His dad was awesome. Golda's was awesome. I, I can tell you the many times I watched both of their matches. I've seen Cody's gimmick change from regular dude who betrayed Hardcore Ali yeah. to tag with Ted DiBiase Jr. to dashing Cody Rhodes, <laughs> undashing Cody Rhodes, Rhodes Scholars, when he took that wicked bump oh, wow. cannon and landed on his shoulder. But name me one match that you remember from Cody and it's not Glitter Dust versus Green Arrow. Oh no, I'm not a I'm not a Cody Rhodes fan in the, sli- okay. in the slightest. Rhetorically asking them, the fans of the Cody yeah. Rhodes fans, because yeah. they're gonna no. come after me. Like if this is a, if there is a time for them to come after me, let this be the time. Cody Rhodes fans come after me. Nobody likes Cody Rhodes. I, I'll wait for an answer. I don't mind. <laughs> from under the apron at gmail.com. <laughs> Cool, cool. (laughs) 
I can name you a damn few matches from Goldust or even Dustin because even if he wasn't the main eventer, he still put on a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Goldust versus Roddy Piper in the Hollywood Backlot Brawl. Yeah, I was going to say with the Bronco, yeah. Versus Razor Ramon when he came in, when he first debuted. Versus Blacktop Bully in the Highway at Uncensored in WCW. Versus Mark Merrill. A tag team match with Booker T. What has Cody Rhodes done in the WWE that would make him think he deserved what his dad couldn't? And what sucks is that he left his brother over there in AEW and said, I'm going to WWE because I fucked up and wrote myself in the storyline that if I lose to Chris Jericho, I can never compete for the AEW championship again. And here we are. And what's more fucked up is that Golda should have been the one to claim that storyline. If Dustin Rhodes had been the one to come back and claim that he was going to win the championship that eluded his father, I would have jumped Mm -hmm. on board. I would have been right there in that line saying, hell yes, daddy. (laughs) Because he deserves it more. But the fact that this kid left, went to TNA, made friends with the opposite people of WWE, created a company with those people and thought, fake it till you make it. And then turned around to go back to the place that he talked shit about is what made me dislike him. Why go back? Oh, same. Same. And then the fact that he was on Stone Cold's podcast and he's like, "What?" I don't remember these exact words, but he was like, oh, I was so excited to come back and yada, yada. And he said one of his quotes was, oh, but I knew when I came back, it was on. It was like, dude, you were the one who chose to leave. You were the one who badmouthed the place, like, you know, and then all of a sudden now, oh, I'm excited to be back as if they put you out. You left. Yeah. It, it's a rotating door over here. Yeah. You're the one that went out and You're saw the it. Left. Didn't come close. Destroying the throne with a sledgehammer is still fresh in our heads, right. there, my guy. And now add kicked out of the pedigree to that. And that's, but that's the thing. What, when you, what are you trying to say there? <laughs> the, pro- the problem is, if you're going to Bert, and he's lucky, I get, you know, the good thing about Vince and company, they're about the money. If they can make, if you can make them money, and they can make money with you, they'll make you money, and they will make money. Because if Vince and company were as petty as some of these wrestlers, these people would be asking you at Walmart paper or plastic. Because as much as the shit that he talked about WWE, and then wanted to go and do all that stuff, and then where would he be now? Where would he be? He'd be doing carnival shows at, uh, you know, St. Whoever's a, a Mother's of Pearl uh, Catholic Church Carnival for $5, you know, or at the flea market. But, you know, what I mean? so I, I just hate when people do that. I hate when people want to go off and act like they're going to blaze their own trail, act like they're going to be the next uh, industry disruptor, and then they come back on their hands and knees. Couldn't do it without us. Yeah. Oh, back to the match for real. If we were upset about the first match between these two being too long, imagine how we feel now. It was exactly one minute less. WrestleMania match was 21-40. They did exactly the same thing about the finish, which was do a bunch of finishers that weren't theirs. Pedigree and then a roll-up from Rollins while holding the tights. Reversal, Cody with the roll-up holding the tights. Oh, that's just lazy writing. Which, you know, that's the thing. Now, with that, because obviously Cody is the face, or at the very least, it's obvious that freaking Rollins is the heel. Um, it, what, what, what do you think they were trying to portray when they had 
um, Cody Rhodes obviously do a, a heel move to win with grabbing the tights. Was it a tit for tat, or were they? Yeah. Do you think that they were? Say so it was okay. So you don't think that they were trying to hint at anything like maybe he's gonna turn heel anytime soon, or was it no, just tit for no, tat? No, 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 no. No, there is a tit for tat. They're not trying okay. to make him heel right now. Okay. Have you seen all the promos for Money in the Bank? Have you seen him well, right. be an that's, ambassador? That's, he's the ambassador. Yeah. He's the new John Cena. He's well, the right. new Giving his belt of the to company the kid and all that. when he just came in and shit. That is fucking ridiculous. Okay. I was just surprised that they would have him do that, because, you know, and again, yeah, I'm showing my age, but in the 90s, they would never have had Hogan hold the tights, even if Million Dollar Man holds the tights. You know what I mean? So right. I was surprised. I guess after like, he would Hogan, win, yeah, um, yeah, Hogan would win, but but he wouldn't hold the tights. So. He wouldn't hold the tights. He would have like a DQ somewhere around there, or whatever. Have yeah. someone hit him with a chair like that. That holding the tights is not. It's not going to work for him, brother. <laughs> so okay, but so it's just tip for ten then. Okay, that's. I was just wondering. Second match: Omas defeated Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Um, eight fifty. This match was perfect in timing, not too long and not too short. We saw the all-powerful Bobby Lashley trying to take down the giant, but again, it's MVP that's a distraction from him. Yeah, Omas just had to stand there and punch and take the punches. He's as powerful as Lashley, so even though he had another David and Goliath trope, the giant ended up winning this match and showing that Lashley was nothing without MVP. Right, and they mentioned that during the. The match, they said that, uh, I think they said they asked MVP, and it wasn't, he said if he was with Lashley, he would be, oh, he's with Omos. So basically, MVP doesn't feel like either one of them can beat the other guy. It's whoever, MVP is who will win, I guess. So basically, he's giving himself the credit. (laughs) Right. Uh, I've always wondered if it was hard to get out of those ropes when you're trapped like that. I've seen Andre the Giant and Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. That shot of Lashley doing the full Nelson on MVP only for Amos to grab his skull. Yeah, this man had his whole hand on top of around his head. Yeah, wow. Who does that? But basketball players. That was the well. Remember Texas Tornado? They used to be uh, his move. He used to Um, grab on the face, not the skull. Yeah. Oh, was it? Was it the face? Okay. Okay. I think it was the other. Bon Eric that did that. Kevin? Oh, uh, okay. With the no shoes. Was it him? I just remember he used to do that call, but you're saying it was over the face, not over the head? Uh, yeah, it was over the text. Like, oh, okay. kind of over the head, you know, like, like that. Like forehead? Forehead. Pay, okay. Head around there, okay. yeah. Uh, MVP hit Lashley with the cane, and Omaz double choke holds slam Lashley to the mat for the win. It's not over. Lashley's becoming the new Undertaker if he's taking on Giants. <laughs> This felt like Taker versus Giant Gonzalez, and we're going Ooh, to see it end at SummerSlam. That bad? That bad. Ooh. I didn't think it was uh, that bad, actually. I kind of enjoyed it. Again, they're they're shoving Cody Rhodes in our throat just the same way that they shoved Roman Reigns down our throats back Ooh. then. A preview of Cody Rhodes on the Broken Skull Sessions. Yeah. Cody Rhodes no, I... is just... Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Cody Rhodes is just basically doing the Flavor of the Month tour. Sure. Sure, they got yeah. the previews of them playing a scene from their show all over social media. Yeah. As Austin asked Cody who his favorite band is, and he responds with Our Lady Peace. Austin, Austin asks who? Cody tells him Our Lady Peace. Wow. Okay, I didn't you see know. that one. I know who I know who that is. Exactly. I know exactly. who that is. 
Everyone wow. on social media starts turning their video Ooh. into an idiotic transition yeah. of Chris Benoit and his song. Wow. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. See, I didn't see that one. The one I saw was where he was saying to him and he was like, oh, but I knew when I came back it was on or and now it's on, whatever. That's the quote I remember because I haven't seen the interview. I just you know saw the commercials. But on Twitter, it's wow. all over. It's like, Our Lady Peace, does Ooh. he know who's that from? No, I'm he like, definitely knows. Like, this is a real band. Just because they were the theme song of the guy that W. Sean deleted his history and doesn't mention yeah. anymore, doesn't mean that they can't be mentioned or recognized. Well, you know, they don't even play the song anymore. I saw something about that year, many years ago. Um, they took it out of their catalog. Oh, themselves, wow. The band themselves took that. They don't play that song anymore. <clears throat> They're a Canadian band. Yeah, I know. Yeah, wow. That's Our Lady wow. Peace deserves to be recognized, and Cody Rhodes decided to name it. Nobody's going to get in trouble for that. Okay, well, I'll give him credit for that one, then. <laughs> First, I insult Cody Rhodes, and then I say something <laughs> good about Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I'm right. not. No, it's Our Make Lady your Peace. Mind. Lady, Our Lady Peace is what's at stake here, okay? Okay. Cody Rhodes can we say that, whatever. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I still am not standing for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's still my number one guy on my fantasy league. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, because I know he's going to win. As long as he wins, shut up. <laughs> well, no, that's okay. You don't have to like somebody to profit from him. Yeah, Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Edge defeated AJ Styles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you messaged happy. me. Yeah, I know you messaged me and had a lot to say about the ending yeah. of this match. <laughs> I, just, I, was wa- <laughs> I was watching inside. We were getting another WrestleMania match without interference, and then Damien Pre shows up. Right. And but not get, ringside, though. Doesn't get ring, near ringside. So he pretty much found a loophole around the rules. Right. I love, I love when wrestlers do that. Yeah. I'm not ringside. I'm right here before the line at ringside. Yeah, they all called their lawyers with like, Right before the match, and <laughs> I'm just watching from the stage. Oh no! Oh, yeah, that's yeah. No, no problem. <laughs> what brought him in was Finn Balor, who had me a bit suspicious because I thought he was going to turn on AJ Styles. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, okay. I really, I really did. Like, what's he doing there? Oh, um, I wasn't thinking that. Okay. Wow. If that would have yeah, happened, Pre- that would have been a Priest is yeah. Priest is just like minding his own business in the back. I'm fine with that as yeah. long as he doesn't get near the ring. But Finn Balor was the one that brought him in. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, oh, he's the oh, one who tossed him. That's funny. Um, and I saw we were going to turn him in. But instead, we get the ultimate surprise of the night. And that was the masked person hitting AJ Styles for Edge to put him to sleep yeah. with a chokehold and win. Where the hell did she come from? Where did he come from? Oh, I'm sorry. Where did, where did he, he come from? Because that's where everybody was talking about. Oh, no. He, he, he. Yeah, it sounded like Michael Jackson out there. He, he, he. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell did he come from? Yeah. Say it. Say it. <laughs> you know where he came from. Under the apron. <laughs> exactly. I love the reaction we're going to get with this new name. As soon as I saw her walk in the ring and kneel, I said, That is Him. a woman's butt. And Him. that's Rhea Ripley. I don't care. You him, just have her. tendencies. It was a guy's butt. You just have tendencies. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, we okay. We weren't supposed to assume it was a girl right from the start, no, according no. to fucking Matt, Pat McAfee. It's yeah. a him. He. Where Who did he, he come Who from? Is him. Where is that guy? Who is that individual? That male man there. As soon as <laughs> he reveals himself to be, 
Rhea Big Ripley. <laughs> it's like I saw legs. <laughs> I saw her boots. Like we all saw that. Yeah. Her boots indicated it was Rhea. Her tight, the way she stood outside. Now all we need is for the Wish version of the Dungeon of Doom push <laughs> to push that button on Julia Hart. Well, not only that, let's be fair to ourselves. Oh, at least anybody over, let's say, the age of 15. If you had, unless they were going to bring in somebody you had never seen in your life, a new wrestler that nobody's ever known about, just sitting at home, who really at WWE was going to be the next logical member of a ministry gimmick? Rhea Ripley. I mean, who else was it? Were they going to have Sasha Banks join? Were they going to have, you know, like who else were they really going to have join? We saw that transformation on Raw the other right, night. Right, when saw, she turned. When she turned on Lib Morgan. Right. And then the next match was a tag team match. It's like it was only obvious for Edge to be like, I turned this person into this person. Yeah. Well, and she was pretty much it. a gothic character. You know, gothic maybe people, oh, she's not gothic. Okay. But you know what yeah. I mean. She, she was, was already like a, yeah, a we, Marilyn we, we, Manson. <laughs> we saw that shit coming a mile away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was disappointed. And remember, I sent you literally right, like at, as soon as I saw it, I sent you a messenger, and I'm like, "Oh, this is disappointing. Why are people selling this? Like they didn't know. <laughs> Nobody there, knew. And there were people in the front rows that they were like shocked, and I'm like, "Don't be shocked. You knew it was her. Come on. They were probably playing around. They probably thought it was Vince McMahon. Yeah, they the higher power. Or maybe they got they gave him free popcorn. If you pretend like you're shocked." Be stale by the end of the show. It was me, Austin. It was me <laughs> all along. Uh, yeah. Next match, your girl Ronda Rousey defeated yeah. for the SmackDown oh, yeah. World Championship. Mm-hmm. Turned Smackdown her elbow Women's backwards. Oh, yeah, she did. With a chair. All right. Uh, fans, uh, wrestling junkies, for this match, can someone edit the part where they were fighting with the Kendall sticks and make memes with them using lightsabers instead? <laughs> that's when she had both of them. She beat her ass, though. Because that's what I was thinking was happening. Even when Ronda grabbed both Kendall sticks and posed with a fighting stance, <laughs> I was just, damn! <laughs> get it, girl! She beat and then her I started, ass. And then I started doing the uh, sound effect. Zoom, zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. <laughs> Pat McAfee said it made a force be with you. Uh huh. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, she. Wow. They take it to the crowd and then back in the ring and their way back in. I noticed the kid that was wearing the fiend mask and saw nothing of it. Pat McAfee, however, decided to ask if that was the fiend in the front row. <laughs> we don't. We don't talk about the fiend guy. Yeah, no, we don't do that. What's funny is that Michael Cole stood quiet for a moment. Like, we're not supposed to mention that name anymore. Well, Michael Cole, he's like, no, I want to keep my job. I don't have football punter kicker money. Pat McAfee said, fire me. Fire me. I dare you. Come on. Why not? I have my WrestleMania moment. I'm guessing Pat didn't get the memo or whatever Vince McMahon doesn't like you to say on national TV. Right. Yeah. He'll get it, though. He got it already by now. We. We don't say belts, we say titles. Right. We don't say wrestlers, wrestlers, we say superstars. (laughs) Uh, Possibly my favorite match of the night and how it ended with Ronda Rousey wrenching that arm bar with the chair. With the chair, yeah. 
even though she wasn't my girl, but still. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad to see a new women's champion. Hopefully we get to see the new opponents going after that championship belt. Mm-hmm. Charlotte will go after once more or try to queen her way into a rematch. Right. Obviously. Unfortunately, she suffered a fracture of the radius, which if we didn't Ooh. know what he that meant, good old Pat McAfee was sure showing us where that was at. <laughs> Basically oh, wow. has a broken arm. <laughs> Rhonda did what she said she was going oh, to no. do. No, wow, was I didn't know. Her. Uh, it was uh, it was an awesome match. No, it was a great match. Yeah, it was a great better match. than the WrestleMania match. Yeah, pretty much better than a WrestleMania match. Yeah. Um, if they had put this match up instead of a WrestleMania match, then I would have said, yeah, you deserve that um main event spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even then, it's like she didn't get it either way. So. No. I know. <laughs> Uh, finally, Madcap Moss defeated Happy Corbin. God. But yeah. you know this isn't over. No, definitely not. Nothing no. is ever over with Corbin, and I hate that we will probably see another match between these two that isn't needed. Yeah. Corbin yeah. will probably bring someone else to help him to help build up for Survivor Series, and Moss will bring someone from NXT by SummerSlam. Wow, yeah. I like the sideshow, but yeah, the matches don't need to happen. I, I like the promos and stuff. They're kind of funny, but <laughs> uh, the commentators team saying they never seen Corbin use a senton in his repertoire before, but only OGs know about that golden black NXT lone wolf bear and Corbin move. Wow. Moss wins with a sunset flip out of nowhere. <laughs> Pat McAfee just goes in on Corbin, calling him <laughs> old sad ass Corbin, bum ass <laughs> Corbin, frowny face ass Corbin. Get him. <laughs> I bet he was going to do more, but Michael Cole just interrupts him and asks him, yeah. should we just call him Happy Moss? <laughs> oh. Yeah, Michael Cole's trying to keep his job, so he's like, okay, let's... let's." <laughs> like, this whole show would have been better if it was just um, Pat McAfee doing the commentating. <laughs> and to add that, let's bring in um, Corey Graves, even okay. though he has nothing to do with any of this at all. Just bringing Kobe Graves into the final match and have him commentate and see what he does with Pat McAfee. Hmm. <laughs> Which was a wreck. Uh, the Bloodline defeated RK Bro and Drew McIntyre, or as they called him, RK McBro. Oh, that's funny. Uh, they tried to make RK McBro into a thing by having them all pose together. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Which... they weren't in United enough. No. Here comes that 10-minute intro from our tribal chief that everyone has a problem with. Except me. And, and Except for some of us. And we are not, And on that time, we are now up to 620 days that Roman Reigns have been universal champion. Um, 620? Wait a minute. Is it 620? Wow. That sounds about right. Yeah, because they did a... Uh, didn't they do... Um... A little no, 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 no. This was supposed to be aired on Wednesday. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh. 620 days on Wednesday. Well, like, there's more to this. Okay. Trust me. It's like, yeah, we're, um, there's more than 620 days. I'll say it later. Because <laughs> they did a little package, remember, on the... Didn't they do a little promo package before the match? Yeah. Like, they... 619 at that point? or six 619. Yeah, 619. Yeah. Um, match started with Jimmy getting beat by all three members of R.K. McBro until McIntyre said he wanted Roman Reigns. Yeah. Paul, 
Paul Heyman Hillary says that he loves his tribal chief, to which Roman tags in. Hey, Paul Heyman just keeps saying that, really, but okay. All right. Dude. He's a good cheerleader. Yeah. Okay. He walks around <laughs> the ring and then tags in Jay. Yeah, Uso. he tags him. I like that when he was like, okay, we're going to. Eh, nah, we're not going to. I call the shots around here. Yeah, <laughs> you. The crowd erupts in the heat as he tells them that he's the shot caller around here. Mm-hmm. He does what he wants. We don't get to see Roman in the ring until weakest member of the other team, according to the tribal chief, is starting to get beat up, which was Riddle. Yeah. It's like vultures circling for scraps. <laughs> he is what? not just he is not just there to support his cousin and sell tickets, guy folks. Well, I liked when um and I don't know if there was it was just part of who he is already, if they were if we're supposed to be expecting I liked when he went out and threw now, you know, I'm bad with faces. I don't know if it was Jimmy or Jay. But remember he threw him back in the ring and then got the tag. Yeah. When Riddle was still in there and then the other Jimmy or Jay, whichever one rolled out, and then Riddle got the hot tag. And remember, uh, to um, McIntyre, I remember he was um, Roman Reigns was like, Oh man, like you could see me, he was just like, Shit, because <laughs> like, well, now there's nobody for me to tag, now I have to get in there. So I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was a nice psych- psychology moment right there. And I don't know if they're trying to because I me, mean, technically, he's already a heel, even though he's not, he's a heel, but he's not a. He's not a, I don't know what word to use, but like a Triple H, when he was a heel, he was a heel. He was like a nasty, dig your fingernails in your eyes type of heel. I don't see Roman Reigns as like a heel like that. He's more like a prick, but he's not necessarily a heel to me. You know what I mean? So I wonder if, do you think by him throwing in um, one of the Usos and then by him like trying to avoid, are they trying to make him like a nasty prick heel or... Is it just, was that just, did I, am I reading too much into that one uh, thing? He does what he wants. Nasty prick heel it is. Okay. All right. <laughs> like he calls the shots. If I okay. want to tag in, I'll tag in. If I don't, I'll just stand But I've just never I seen him do anything like my that. Light work. I've yeah. never seen him do that where he went and basically tossed him in the ring, you know, his own guy back in the ring and like, okay, get in there. Get in there, so, wrestle, do whatever you want to yeah. do. Lose if you want, but don't put right, me in Right, it was almost like he was throwing him in there like a lamb to the slaughter. Like just As long as I don't get pinned, you know, right. it's fine. Um, Yeah, because he's uh, fucking 620 days? Come yeah. on. Okay. <laughs> uh, my favorite moment out of this is that Roman looks into the crowd to fight with them, even though he knows nothing is going to happen to him in this match. For Heat, he lifts up his championship titles to remind everyone just yeah. exactly who he is. Exactly. That's why he does it. Mm-hmm. Jimmy hits an MMA kick on Orton, <laughs> but he doesn't sell it. <laughs> I know. He did it for like Jimmy 10 for the- seconds. <laughs> and he hit it with RKO, right? But Jay interrupts the count. Jay hits a super kick on McIntyre. Jay picks up Jimmy, and they both do a double mm-hmm. super kick on double McIntyre. Kick, yeah. Riddles the legal man in the ring and starts to do those knees and kicks to all three members of the bloodline. Outside turns chaotic. Roman hits Orton with a Superman punch. McIntyre throws Roman to the ring and steps and then looks at the commentator's table and is about to throw him on top, but Roman counters with a Yuri Nagi, or as wrestling fans like to call it, the rock bottom. Right? Nice. Yeah, of Um, course we do. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Wink, wink, rock. He's doing your moves now. Careful. Oh, no. You better come back and... Show him how it's done. He better come back at a WrestleMania. Yeah. Not telling well, you which one, see but you, you next know. Year. <laughs> Riddle dives into Roman. Jay dives into Riddle. Bodies all over the outside. 
Back in the ring, Riddle and Jay Uso trade super kicks to the face. <laughs> Top rope RKO on Jay Uso, but Roman gets in there and spears Riddle for the pin and the win. Uh, we practically call this match. They're not going to allow Roman Reigns to lose this match no. because make him look strong. Right. And who got to be pinned and lose this match for the pin? Not the top guys. Nope. Riddle did. Riddle. Uh, there was a question online which I want to ask here. You don't have to answer right away. We can answer later in the week or month. But the question was, how do you break up the RK Bro tag team? Who turns on who? Hmm. I could see that. Yeah, with um, McIntyre replacing him. Or losing? No. Or maybe Orton turns on them, and maybe McIntyre and Riddle become a tag team because Randy Orton's just like, I don't need anybody. Who knows? Exactly. Um, Let's rate it. How many videotapes out of 10 are we giving this premium show? And will we take it to school the next day for our friends to watch it if we were back in high school, of course? I would say it. I would give it an eight. I liked it. I would give it an eight overall. It was pretty. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Charlotte and Ronda sold it. Yeah. So did the main event. Main event. I liked it. Um, Omos and um, Lashley too. It was short enough. It was good enough. And I, even though you didn't like it, I did like the Rhodes and Rollins match. I did. It was long. It was too long. It was too long again. I liked Same. it in the. I liked the first five minutes, and I liked the last say five minutes. It was the last, the same length as WrestleMania. Basically. Yeah, it was long, but I did like the beginning and I liked the end. I think there was just too much filler, but it was a good match. I thought it was a good match. Um, so yeah, no, I give it an eight. Cool. All right, we're giving it an eight. Mm, eight videotapes out of ten, and we're taking yeah. it to school. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm telling people, hey, don't watch this match. Watch the rest of them, but okay. <laughs> Skip the beginning. You're fine. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to get back to Raw and all that other stuff. So we'll be right back. Hello, everybody out there. Please come and listen to The Frills Daily Show with your host, Frills Daily and Sean F. Smith. We talk about everything NFL. As we all know now, the NFL is 365 days a year, and we will cover all the news, hot topics, live action, scheduling, players, free agents, trades, everything. Please listen on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. You can also like, follow, and share, even comment on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Please give us a listen, The Freels Daily Show. Give your feedback, interact, come and have a drink with us. That is the Freels Daily Show. Welcome back, wrestling junkies. This is from Under the Apron on Anchor.fm. Totally free. Oh, hold on. Let me open up a can Can of of soda. Oh, a can sorry. of whoop ass. I'm sorry. A can of Zoa Energy, uh, Super Berry. I was I got thirsty, and it's ten twenty, so I might be up a little bit longer. Yeah, you're gonna be up sure. for a while. Yeah, I'm gonna be up for a while. Uh, <laughs> let me read the back real quick. My fellow everyday warriors, Zoa is about healthy, positive energy that helps us all focus, be productive, and get stronger together. Mana gratitude, Zoa Dwayne Johnson. Thank you, sir. 
Oh, and congratulations on season three being approved too of Young Rock. Yes, Young Rock. Um, next this Tuesday is the season finale of that episode of that season. Mm. So we're gonna have a very special Young Rock um, season. We can talk about the season all. Yeah. On the, yeah. that season, on that episode. Yeah. So we're gonna be doing that later in the week. Keep a lookout for that one. Since I know everybody loved the first episode we did of Young Rock by itself, we're gonna have another episode by itself of yep. Young Rock. Just for you guys, because we like and, you. You know, maybe we'll probably do it with a special guest. Who knows? We'll see what we can get. Whoever wants to talk about it, come on in. Let me know. <laughs> uh, give us a message. Send us a message uh, from under the apron at gmail.com. Let us know you want to talk about Young Rock the love, the whole season. And we'll include you in the show. All right. We're doing the wrap-up. Let's get moving on over to Monday Night Raw this week. So, show opens up with RK Bro 420 in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> Randy Orton is on the microphone saying they lost the battle, but they will soon win the war. Yeah, so, uh, man. There it is. <laughs> oh, there was supposed to be a unification match for the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles, and they were going to sign those contracts a few weeks ago, but instead, Roman Reigns tore those contracts up because he knows his cousins can't defeat RK Bro. Hmm. Uh, Orton continues with they still want to unify the tag titles and become the undisputed tag team champions of the world. Riddle grabs the mic and tells everyone they will be going to SmackDown and demand a WWE Championship match. Riddle begins to hype his bro up and <laughs> tell everyone that he's the Viper, the Legend Killer, and just as he's about to continue, the Street Profits come out with their red solo cups. Yeah. Again, are they heels or are they faces? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. They seem to be doing the heelish things, but getting the crowd over right. going for them. So I'm saying it's year two of their main roster run. It's like, I've had it. I want to win. Let's be serious for now. Again. And, you know, they don't want to seem like Crime Time, which was just a comedic act right. the entire run. Right. Until they turned one of them heel and had to break them up. Hopefully they don't break up this team. I don't think they uh, do good on their own. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I think Montez Ford could do good on his own. Okay. Like with that freaking frog splash that never ends. He jumps and never comes down. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> like see he's been up in the air for like uh, 30 seconds. I don't know when he's coming down. <laughs> uh, Riddle tells them, RK Bro 420 says, We just smoked your asses. Mm <laughs> hmm. Crowd reaction with cheers, and somewhere is RVD cursing at the TV screen. <laughs> that bro stole his gimmick. Uh, yeah, you could. He wasn't able to use it back then. Oh yeah, no, not bad. The six one nine four twenty with RVD and Rey Mysterio as a tag team. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, until they realized what four twenty meant. Like, okay, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Back from commercial break, and we see another tag team title between these two teams. A lot of submission move from Riddle onto Montez Ford. On this one, Riddle accidentally hits Orton with a moonsault, and just when you think the Street Profits have this in the bag with Ford hitting a high-flying frog splash, Riddle kicks out. See, they're already planting the seeds. Yeah, with the of accidentally. Somebody on somebody. Yeah. yeah, they're planting the seeds. We, we already see it. I can already tell. 
Uh, Ford goes for another frog splash, but Riddle counters it with an RKO for the pin and the win. Orton has been pressed by that, but what about the accidental hit from Riddle on Orton? Well, and then he hit, then um, he got him with an RKO too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The social media question: How would you break up this tag team? Who was going to turn? Who? Um, I say Riddle turns heel. Oh, so maybe it's not an accident. Like that, he hit him. Maybe he didn't. You know, we'll find out. No, it was an accident. Oh, you, and then okay. later on, um, hopefully this doesn't happen. But it's the reason they're not the tag team champions anymore. Yeah, and that's what I see. I see him losing the belts because of that. Riddle blames um, Orton for it. Hmm. And he start. He continued being bro, but at the same time, he's a bad bro. <laughs> okay. He's a bad bro, man. See, I would um, as either he's not doing it on purpose, and he reveals that eventually, like, yeah, I've been doing this. I wanted us to lose the belt, so I get the hell out of here. Or I could see it as he is doing it on accident, and then eventually Orton is like, I'm tired of your dumbass, basically being an inept, being inept, and hitting me with moves, and so he turns on him. Like right. basically just says, I'm tired of supporting you. You're a, you're a moron. Yeah, I but I think it as Riddle turning heel and then him being like, I carried this team, bro, you know. Okay. And then he tells Orton he's old and all this, and I'm the young, he's the younger version of uh, yeah. Orton, and okay. that he should retire now. He's the legend killer, but he's now the, the person he hates the most. He's a legend. Yeah, and all this hype that um, Riddle's been doing is just to like soften him up, and then hit him where it hurts the most. Well, yeah, I, I see that. I totally see that. Well, and I'm but saying, not right I'm, now. Maybe towards SummerSlam, we get a the the turn before SummerSlam, and then at SummerSlam we get the match. Oh, you think that quick? I mean, that'd be quick, don't you think? SummerSlam is in August. Don't you? Th- don't you think it'd be quick though to turn him and then have them? Yeah, I guess. So, what are we? We're in May. June is so, um, King of the Ring. June is King of the Ring. So, would they? Because I mean, we only got three months. So, you're telling me that they would turn on each other and then have the match within three months? You, they yeah, wouldn't try Jul- to build it for longer than that. July, um, build them up. July at Money in the Bank, uh, turn each other. Okay. Do the turn. Riddle turns heel, and then have the match at SummerSlam. Okay, if that doesn't happen, I'm going to say this. How about this? Something happens, and then at SummerSlam is when they pretty much break. And if they don't completely break, then maybe the next night. I there could see go. them coming up and then resolving it. Um, I know it's it's a while, but I could see them resolving it at um, Survivor Series. Maybe even having a Survivor Series-style match. Oh. Either way, I still That's see... Likely. Um... Yours is more likely than mine. Yours You're saying, I mean, if mine does come true, then Randy Orton goes after the champion, the Universal Title. If yours comes true, Riddle goes after the Universal Championship. Title. Oh wow! Okay. So either way, mm. one of them is getting a shot at that title, and the other one is going to interfere and yeah. you know do all kinds of RKO's and stuff. It's going to be an yeah, RKO yeah. party, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. On to the next match. Uh. 
Theory comes out to do a promo after his match later that night against Cody Rhodes. Uh, tells him he uh, he was basic, practically in diapers the last time Cody was in the WWE. I heard this and thought, Cody Rhodes already getting a title opportunity, but at the same time, they're already going to make him lose? Yeah, well, no. Because they just gave Theory the championship title. They're not going to take it off of the chosen one, will they? I don't think so. Uh, WWE shows a video package of the premium show, Backlash, watch it again on Peacock. Not mm-hmm. getting paid for that, but it's where we all watch our shows. <laughs> Hopefully they hear this and we get paid for that. I'm just kidding, Peacock. We appreciate <laughs> you. Also, if we're talking about sponsors, we should definitely bring up Anchor.fm. Totally free. I'm back from commercial break and Edge Sporting, a fresh new fade, is in the ring with Damien Priest <laughs> and the newest member of Judgment Day, Rhea Ripley. Uh, Edge tells him he formed a group because he was tired of feeling like sheep, like everyone in the universe. Priest grabs the mic and tells him the truth hurts. Individually, Edge and Priest were capable of destroying their favorite wrestlers. But together, they became more or something else because they added an instrument of brutality. Look closer at her left eye, and she has the scales drawn on her. So now we have the punishment and the eradicator in the fold. They eventually are going to add more, and immediately Twitter went to work on making Photoshop memes of Champa joining the team. Huh. Oh, Wait, hey, we gotta make sure that happens. I mean, they made sure Rhea happened. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Uh, Rhea says this was the easiest decision of her life. She says she was done signing autographs at the airports and <laughs> being nice to the little kids and smiling at little girls who tell her when they grow up they want to be just like her. <laughs> wow. But the next day, she goes online and she sees the same autographs being sold on eBay. What? That does suck. Wait a minute. I've heard this before. Actually, yeah, it does sound familiar. Was that? It does. It, it sounds very familiar. It, like, why are we acting like we never heard this before from the first person that said it? In Give his me the own... first letter. Give me the first letter of the name because I, I know I've heard this before. But... I... Pipe Bomb? Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's what I thought. CM Punk. Okay, sent yeah. it first. Yeah, I thought it. Was, I feel like him and somebody else said it, but yeah, he definitely. Yeah, I mean, I have the shirt. Like, like fifty of them, be like, yeah, they're all for me. I have the shirt of the entire promo. Yeah. Oh wow, really? <laughs> like, it's it's in somewhere. Oh, yeah, wow. somewhere. And okay. I have his um, newest shirt from AEW. So yeah, we're good. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, Rhea says she has done you being used and is in the reason why she joined Judgment Day. Edge tells everyone Ripley and Priest are their saints of fate. He says that Lib Morgan was an albatross around Rhea Ripley's neck. Mm. Okay, and for those that are new, albatross means a bad burden, or in this case, a bad idea for a gimmick. <laughs> Meaning putting Ripley and Morgan together was as bad as Baskin Booger. Doink the oh, Clown, geez. or even Isaac Yankum. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Ed wow. just basically called Lib Morgan a D-plus player who was never going to make it. Damn. That's gotta hurt. Yeah. God. Edge says his movement is not done and they are looking for more. Lib Morgan interrupts and she makes her way to the rink to face Ripley, which ended up being a five-minute one-sided dominating match for mm-hmm. Ripley as she wins with the reverse Boston Crab. Surprise. The only... 
the only offense Morgan did was a hurricane runner from the top rope. Yeah. After the match, Edge tells Ripley to do, to do injure Liv. Ridge tells Ripley to injure Liv some more. Again, do it again. Do it for old time's sake. <laughs> Finn Balor's music plays. He throws up the two sweet and out walks AJ Styles with him. Uh, you would think they would go out to save Liv, but it's actually a match already advertised between Finn yeah. Balor and Billy Priest. Those assholes. No, they're like, I no, thought, we don't get in other people's business here. <laughs> I thought they were going to go save Liv. Damn yeah. it. Uh, back from commercial break and AJ Styles is in Finn Balor's corner cheering him on as Priest is showing him punishment. Of course. Balor looks awesome in his match like you've never seen him wrestle like this before. Mm-hmm. Or I've never paid attention um, well, until yeah. now. Say, probably probably because <laughs> I've never paid attention to him after the whole getting injured stuff. So yeah. Right. He probably heard about the every 90 days rule and is doing his best to stay in the company. You can't break Balor throws Priest outside, and just as he's about to do a dive, Ripley stands in the way, and Fowler, Balor stops in his tracks, only to be met with a spear by Edge. Styles gets in the ring and knocks out Edge, knocks out Priest. Ripley spins him around, and he just stands there to be hit by Edge with a spear. It'd be great if Ripley would punch them and be turned into that modern-day China, but they don't want to do any of that. They don't want a China. They don't want another China. No. Like, nope, we learned from our mistakes. Sorry. Sure you did. I don't think they should, though. I don't think they should have another one. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Uh, back from commercial break in two segments, one with Kevin Owens and Alpha Academy. They got Ezekiel's Red Cup from last week and took mm-hmm. it to the DNA lab for proof that he's really Elias. Oh. <sighs> Again with this? Kevin yeah. tells him that his brother is coming to Raw to fade Ezekiel. The other segment is the MVP lounge where MVP is talking about Omaz and bragging that they defeated Bobby Lashley at Backlash. Cedric Alexander comes out to ride the wagon of his unity and MVP tells him, no, thank you. <laughs> nah, we're good. No, thank you. Go away. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Sheldon Benjamin cannot make it around. Wow. He is injured at the moment. Damn. Um, but if he wasn't, He'd be in this storyline, and we yeah. definitely get him on Bobby Lashley's side. Yeah. Bobby Lashley comes out and attacks the security and then gets in the ring to destroy Cedric. He gets in the ring and stands face-to-face again with Omaz and knocks him out of the ring. Just as he's about to get his hands on MVP, Cedric interferes, and Lashley applies the full Nelson on him. MVP and Omaz slowly walk to the back. It's like a bunch of backstage segments and stuff for a three-hour show. Yeah. If only they hadn't fired their wrestlers. Yeah. They're... <laughs> Another backstage segment with Sonya Deville. The HR informal investigation continues to roll on, but isn't told who she's facing. Sonya gets in the ring and waits for her opponent. Adam Pierce comes out and announces that she's relieved of her duties and her contract as an official is terminated. Basically, good luck in her future endeavors. Her future. Her opponent is old school pink and black Alexa Bliss, no longer doing the fiend gimmick, but she does come out with her little puppet, Lily. This shit was 45 seconds. (laughs) What can you say about this match? Nothing. It was 45 seconds. Yeah, no. Like, how how does Sonya Deville lose and like that. I think, was it Julius Caesar who said, I came, I saw, I conquered? That was pretty much it. 
Uh, I'm glad Mrs. Cabrera is back in her regular gimmick. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sonya Deville has been featured in Deborah for duties, and she just cries outside the ring. <laughs> like, really? They gave you this fucking shitty storyline? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Back from commercial break, Ezekiel's waiting in the ring for his opponent. Another freaking segment. <laughs> My oh, God. Boy. They're going to milk it, okay? And they love it. Ezekiel's waiting in the ring for his opponent, Kevin Owens' older brother, who ends up being Kenny Owens. That's weird. <laughs> it's obvious it's Kevin Owens in disguise, and he wants yeah. Ezekiel to admit he is Elias. Ezekiel tells him he can't. He can get his brother Elias to come out here and sing him a lullaby. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. Ezekiel tells him he can get his brother Elias to come out here and sing him a lullaby. Yeah. Elias is backstage. Yeah, that's, what? that's pretty much what they're why, could, why didn't they film him? <laughs> <laughs> and the Owens has had enough and attacks Ezekiel who fights back and then Alpha Academy comes out. They're teasing it and it might be true. We might get Damien Sandow back to play Elias with yeah. a car that knows how to sing. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Which would drive Kevin Owens crazy some more. Yeah. I mean, this gimmick and segment is not getting stale anytime soon. I'm enjoying this, and this is sports entertainment. Sorry, Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that. I want to, I want them to carry it out, and then have that where they come out to the ring together, and yeah, that'd be <laughs> cool. Uh, there was a, another backstage segment, another segment with Oscar and Becky Lynch. Asuka faces Bianca Belair, and if she wins, she gets a championship opportunity. Becky complains. Asuka says some words, but Becky being a mommy. Becky yells back something. These two are back at it again, and it just feels so damn hilarious. Okay, so that's one, two, three, 45-second match. <laughs> four, three, four. <laughs> four segments. A 45-second yeah. match in the span of an hour. Yeah. 45 minutes wow. on these. Uh, wow. And they fired people. Oh my god, That's, what is wrong say, with you guys? You can't say they don't know how to uh stretch something. Uh, for all stretch the storyline, but you can't stretch a uh, person's career. Well, Ugh. no, they're still learning that one. Let's add another few minute match to this one. Veer Mahan makes his way to the ring to face by my basic WWE 2K22 creator wrestler, Frank Loman, <laughs> or as the internet, Twitter, basically, is calling him a wish version of Wardlow. Ooh, ow. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, had, they had a picture of them side by side, and it's oh. it, like, hey, when you order Wardlow of Wish, oh, it's man. like, damn, Frank, at least you're famous for something. <laughs> Uh, they gave this enhancement talent some offense moves, maybe to see if Beer knows how to really sell and how to handle it. He, no, he didn't sell. Huh. Well, they that's... said 90 days, we'll be here quick, buddy. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if you don't sell, <clears throat> forget. It doesn't matter what you can do. If you don't sell, you're not going to get far. Veer gives him a few shots in and then hits the million dollar arm. And they have come up clutch to win the match. Fear has those crazy Bubba Ray Dudley eyes again and doesn't yeah. take this guy to the hospital. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't need the eyes. Yeah. Uh, probably a five-minute match or a few. Cody Rhodes and Aust- 
in theory ended in a DQ with outside interference from Seth Rollins, who was still bitter from the night before. This rivalry is not going to end anytime soon. Rollins hits a curb stomp on Cody on top of the commentator's table, knocking him out cold. And it was a quick match, too. Yeah, they did. Oh. Yeah, that's, they did a lot of the site. It's like they made the matches short so they could prolong the, the segment. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, last week, Dewdrop asked Nikki Ash if he was ready to start getting serious and stop playing around. To which Nikki said, yes, this week they should have taken the superhero outfit off because why? Why still have it? Right. Why continue to be a superhero, but you're playing a heel? Right. Um, both teaming up together to face the tag team champions, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Let's face it, I think I've said this before. I don't remember. I may have to go back and listen to old episodes and try to remember if I said this about Dewdrop. But she can take on all these three girls. She don't need Nikki. Dewdrop asked for the tag, but Nikki said no. She got it, which Naomi and Sasha took advantage of and scored the win. Dewdrop looks at Nikki and tells her to take the shit seriously, and she should take off the mask and take it seriously. Yeah, not bad. Wasn't bad. What did you think about the match? Like the wrestling in the match? Uh, you didn't care for it? I didn't care for it. I was just like, come on. I thought it was like, better. Are than they going to turn her back face? Are they going to do what are they going to do with Nikki? No. Yeah, that I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I thought the wrestling was better than I would have expected, though. I will say that. I mean, Dewdrop knows how to wrestle for sure. Yeah. And, like, she could take on both, all three of them at the same time if we can get a better gimmick for her than Dewdrop. Well, but okay. That's another story. Uh, the Mrs. Music hits and walks out to do Sasha Banks' entrance pose, to which you see Sasha yelling at Miz as he makes his way to the ring with a referee shirt on, about to call the Mustafa Ali and Champa match. She's all like, oh, hell nah! Like, let's go, let's go! <laughs> Back from the break, and it's gone. One-sided match with Champa taking control of Ali. Miz looks like me when I'm trying to figure out how to use the controls as special guest ref on the WWE 2K games. <laughs> Like, uh, one, come on, tap, two, okay. Ali gets some offense later in the match, but it's of no use with the Miz as a ref. Ali hits a t- tornado DDT, and Miz does a slow count. Ali argues with Miz for the distraction, and Ciampa has a reverse DDT for Miz to do a fast count. Ciampa wins this match. I don't know what the point of this was. There hasn't been a special guest referee spot for a while. Why now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They needed. They just wanted to use everybody under contract. If they're building something, I don't know. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, Lacey Evans is moving to Raw because Charlotte needs to be the only top heel on SmackDown. I guess they showed all the bullet points from her five weeks of promos, all in three minutes. Wow. <laughs> Hey, thank you, SmackDown, for doing all the work. We got it from here. Ouch, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just kind of, yeah, thanks for your service anyway. Next. They should have done this in the first place. <laughs> the crowd didn't react to any of this. Maybe they were teasing out in the testing it out in the raw crowd. Mm. Last week when Lacey came out on SmackDown, she was being cheered. Maybe they were hoping for a different reaction on Raw. Yeah. But, but nobody cared for it. No. Um something about 24-7 chase segment. I 
whatever. It, they're really trying to get Tamina to have a relationship with Dana Brooke on this. All right, cool. Hey, go for it. Just don't make it too obvious. Well, it's Tease pro it. wrestling. <laughs> You're overteasing it. You overteased it at the wedding. Do it. Do it. Just do it. All right. Ease oh, they're in, getting man. a divorce? Then we are getting a divorce also. Right. As long as she's single, I'm single. <laughs> um, I wonder how Sonya Deville and Mand- Amanda? Yeah. Mandy Rose feel about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big time. All right. Big time futuristic Becky Lynch walks out to watch the main event at ringside and do commentary. Uh, Bianca Belair and Asuka have 10 minutes to have this match. <laughs> Becky didn't need to be on commentary for this. And you could tell with Asuka and Bianca facing each other for the very first time, which felt fresh to me. Yeah. Actually, after watching Asuka get destroyed by Suzuki, I don't doubt that she could very well be that she can kick Bianca's ass without any interference. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and a shoot, sure. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, listen to episode 31 at exactly 32 minutes and 5 seconds, and you will understand. Or go to the description of that episode and scroll down to where you see the match participants and watch the video. Anchor.fm, totally free. And this is why I think Asuka's a badass. Becky Lynch interferes in the match and causes a DQ by attacking Belair. And the show goes off the air. We're done. Well, but yeah. maybe they'll do a three... Uh... Three-way. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Those are usually fun, at least for the, fir- for the fact that you don't know exactly who's going to win. Yeah, pretty much. Um, triple threat matches are always... Oh, shit. No, Scott Steiner, we don't need you to tell us. What's that one about? <laughs> Scott Steiner math. The math, yeah. Uh, over on NXT, they show footage of last week's ending, plus the ending they played online. More to this as Joe Gacy has kidnapped Braun Breaker and tells him they are on his journey together. But it's his time to be alone. He kicks him some more and leaves him out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. The show starts with Toxic Attraction about to defend their Women's Tag Team Championship. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are taking on Roxanne Perez and Sleepy Wendy Chu. Uh, it's been weeks and they still have Wendy Chu wrestling in PJs. I guess wow. this is entertaining. That's our new gimmick. Okay. <laughs> After all the shenanigans Wendy Chu played on Toxic Attraction, there was not enough to get the win. Uh, yeah, I told you it was going to happen. It's like yeah. Wendy Chu is doing a lot of freaking things and Toxic Attraction isn't doing anything. Yeah. And then for the match, Toxic Attraction wins. Like, all right, cool. Oh, Roxanne Perez goes to the top rope and just, just about to do a crossbody block on JT Chain. Mandy Rose moves her out of the way, but Roxy lands awkwardly on her heel. And I had to rewind for a bit because it looked like a sit type of snap, but it wasn't. And for those that don't know, <laughs> a couple years, what, a decade back? Ooh, are you going to talk about Sid? Oh, never mind. Off the top <laughs> no. rope? Off the top rope. Ooh. Sid, off the top rope. That's all you got to know if you really want to know. But I, I wouldn't advise to do it. Don't look that up. 
Don't look it up. Stay it off Seriously. the top rope. Sid no. Justice oh. off the top rope. Yeah. Uh, she no. landed on her heel, and it was on a pay-per-view match. And it was Attitude Era, and it was in the 2000s. It was right before WCW closed down. Yeah. But don't look it up. No. A viewer discretion is advised. Just the same way I say it in um <laughs> all the descriptions on Spotify or Anchor.fm. Totally yeah. free. She landed on her heel, and you saw the pain on her face when she got lost on what to do next. Janie hits a super kick on Roxy, and Dolan's pins her for the win. Still tag team champions, toxic attraction. Mandy Rose attacks Wendy Chu after the match. Referee is outside checking on Roxy, who is legit hurt. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Grayson Waller segment with Tiffany Stratton taking her out shopping. Uh, this feels a little too Laguna Beach for me right now. So, mm-hmm. no. Nah, that, no. That's okay. Can't do Points. that. Points for me. Points for you. <laughs> Back from commercial break, Diamond Mine arguing with each other over last week's tag match. The Creed brothers are going to face the Viking Raiders again. Roddy says he believes in them so much he is bringing a new guy into the fold to help him winning the tag team championship. Pan American champion, Division One freestyle, and Greco Roman competitor. From the University of Minnesota and the newest member of Diamond Mine, Damon Kemp. Mm. Julius tells Roddy that they will talk later since the new member are a group decision. Uh, Damon, played by Bobby Stevenson, who is the older brother of Olympic gold medalist Gabe Stevenson. Mm. Now I wonder if they're going to change Gabe's name also to have Kemp and him debut on NXT. As a tag team. As a tag team. Oh, as a tag team. And then they, this is how the Creed brothers leave Diamond Mind and get Damon and Bobby into this. Gabe and Damon? Yeah, Gabe and Damon into the fold. Back from commercial break, we get an inclusivity equity with the peace sign logo. I'm thinking this could mean be inclusive by any means if Joe Casey is leading it. Slam. Same as the Nation of Domination when Farouk had, uh, was leading it. Like, by any means necessary. Yeah, so pretty much. We, we want inclusivity in this company by any means necessary. Yeah. Gacy left Breaker in the wilderness and had to take the journey alone. Uh, he says he opened the doors of inclusion to anyone, hence the invitation that I spoke about last week from Fallon Henley. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it, I guess. He introduces his true druids, and I keep thinking, it better not be Vince under there. Oh, no. No more Vince. Not not like that, anyway. Uh, hit that audio right here. <laughs> <laughs> Gacy wants Breaker to join him in his movement in this change. The result is eternal joy and affliction and hardship await those and you those and those who resist. Camera zooms in on his evil eyes. <laughs> yeah. The, the next fiend, I guess. Pretty much. Yeah, people don't want to say that, but it's the next fiend, guys. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> next segment is Saray walking into Andre Chase's locker room and speaking Japanese with him to him while Bodie Hayward, who looks like he could be Riddler's who <laughs> looks like he could be Riddle's brother. Riddles. I was gonna say. That's <laughs> 
<laughs> or hetero life mate smiles at Sarai with the subtitles are what does it say? Are being translated on the screen. Mm-hmm. Could be the guy is uh, self-aware and breaking the fourth wall on this by translating himself. How does Andre Chase have a university professor gimmick and doesn't understand her, but Bodhi does, and right there, Andre, right there is a teachable moment. <laughs> oh, oh, if they keep it up, then yeah, maybe this will go into the main roster. That was a teachable moment. I could see that. Bodhi tells him he is currently enrolled in the Japanese-speaking class Mondays and Wednesdays with Mr. Miller. Who the hell is Mr. Miller? I have no idea. I have no idea. So Ray once again yells, and it sounds like an anime show. (laughs) Now I got to ask my anime friends about this. Anybody? No? All right. She (laughs) ends it with, now, that's a teachable moment, and Bodhi's goofy face. It could be riddled, brother. I can see it. I can see that. Hey, bro. <laughs> uh, back lost. from commercial, right? Back from commercial break, and we see the inaugural Ivy Nile challenge. This week it's the push-up challenge, and she says this is where we separate the men from the boys. Looks like she's a trainer. A few months, a few men left at the '80s mark, and said she would be the last one standing by the end of the night. Come on, eighty. At the 80 mark, who leaves at the 80 mark in when they're wrestling, when they're professional wrestlers? Mm. Well, maybe she feels like she doesn't need to give 100% to win. Maybe that's her gimmick. I say she's on the chopping block, and she got nervous when her boy Malcolm Bivens left, so she might be the next one to go. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the chopping block. Uh, the bracket to the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament is seen, and we have the first round. I'm already upset about Nikita Lyons taking Ariana Grace. Hmm. Why is that? Because uh, I added Ariana Grace to the fucking <laughs> to my fantasy league. To my fantasy. I added, I switched out Nikita with Ariana. So there. Oh. That's why. Dennis Fallon and Henley versus Sloan Jacobs. Roxanne Perez against Keanu James. And finally, Lash Legend against Tatum Paxley. And I already see how this is going to go, but let's talk about it anyway. Who is winning the first round? Oh, yeah, I mean, I would say Tatum. Tatum? Yeah. Well, besides the ones that we already know who won. So, Tatum, and what about Roxana Perez and against Keanu James? Um, I don't know. What do you think? What's you're, you're more, you're, I think you're more expert on this. Well, if her ankle hurts, well, yeah, okay. Uh, if it doesn't, if it's not that bad, then I guess they're gonna give it to Roxy, and okay. it's gonna be Lash Legend versus Roxy. Okay. Uh, you already got Nikita against Fallon. Shit. So you automatically know Nikita's going to the finals. Yeah, I would say. That. Uh, yeah, that's. You know as damn well it's going to be Nikita and Lash Legend in the finals. Just okay. to hype up that feud that keeps on going. Because yeah. they're the only two that are freaking huge. Yeah. Uh, so first up is Jacobs against Henley. It's obviously it's obvious who they are trying to push here with nothing for Sloan to do at all. Hey, did you know she faced Nikita Lyons in her debut match? No. No, I did not. 
I feel like I've said this before. I don't know. Sloan just felt a little green on this match. Hmm. And just like her debut match, nobody will remember her. Oh, yeah, she did. I already did say it. I just didn't remember her because, you know, nobody cared. <laughs> Everybody's all about Nikita Lyons and Tick and the Tick fact. Yeah. Um, see you somewhere else after 90 days, Sloan. Sorry to say that. Uh, Fallon Henley wins the match and celebrates with Dan and Shay, who've been at ringside this whole time. All right, Dan and Shay. Gen X will know. Or in New Country. Whatever. New country. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Backstage promo with Santos Escobar talking about last week and when AJ Galantis got involved in the sit-down. He became part of the problem, so he had to solve it. Uh, back from commercial break and not to be a stage to Don, Tony D'Angelo attacks Del Toro. Stomps on a couple of feet, eh? <laughs> Puts him in the trunk to send a message to Escobar. Yeah, gotta do that. Back in the ring, Amari Miller, who just came back from an injury, is the first victim to outfire. <laughs> who looks like a cross of brood, brood version of Edge with leather jacket <laughs> and cane with the fire emblem right behind him. It's as soon as the lights come back on that I just yelled, It's fucking Kim Possible! I'm your basic average girl, and I'm here to save the world. You can't stop me because I'm Kim Possible. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same color scheme. It's just, it's Kim Possible. What is she doing with that? Uh, the match starts, and not even seconds later, they show a picture in picture of Ivy, Ivy Niles' challenge, doing burpees, which one guy gave up. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks you for showing us that, I guess. Back in the ring, Amari showing some offense while Alba Fire hits a super kick party on the poor girl. <laughs> I wonder why they changed her name. Perhaps they didn't want to mention how Kaylee Ray was the forever woman's champion on NXT UK. At 649 days. Wow. I didn't Freaking know that. Big. Roman Reigns has to surpass that. Yeah, he's record. gotta. He's gotta. Wow. Um, I forgot how long um, Walter, oh, I'm sorry, Gunter was uh, yeah. NXT UK champion. You're right. Just as long as she was. So he has to serve, he has to pass up both of their records. Yeah. To make it legitimate. Yeah. Like, our our champion is bigger than NXT UK. Er, shut up. <laughs> Alba Fire hits a spinning DDT from the turnbuckle and covers for the win. Uh, Solo Zakoa comes out and tells the crowd this was supposed to be Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes time. But no, it's his time now. What the hell? I feel like I heard that before. What, Triple H? It's my time now. Oh. Or John Cena. It's my time. Time is up. My time is now. He says he got next against Cameron Grimes for the NXT North American Championship. And his mic promo skills are natural. It's in his bloodline. Well, there. Um, 
Okay, I guess. Uh, we just experienced some technical difficulties. I like to apologize right now because of that. Uh, unfortunately, Michael had to go real quick. Uh, but hey, the show must go on, so let's continue. And hopefully, someone saved my ass tonight and co-hosts with me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, where were we? Alright, so Cameron Grimes comes out and he gets a chorus of, You got lucky. He tells him he will give him a shot. Solo leaves the ring and watches as Mello and Trick attack Cameron Grimes. Solo gets back in the ring and helps Grimes fend off Mello and Trick and helps him up. Another segment with Santos Escobar talking to Tony D'Angelo on the phone. I have your guy. You have my guy. My balls are bigger than yours. That's basically what it was, you know. Can't wait to fight you. All that shit. Back in the ring, it's a mixed tag team match between Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton, who are matching wardrobes with the pink outfits. Such a cute bestie couple, don't you think? Back from a break, a couple of segments, and an interview forgetting there was supposed to be a match taking place at that moment. So Ray walks with her new friends, grabs her necklace, and Bodhi asks Chase if she's going to compete with what she's wearing in just regular street clothes. Saray prays on her necklace and it shines as she goes through the curtain. They are transported into the arena with different clothes on. Bodhi comes out with a half shirt looking like he was from the 80s. Um, you know that scene before. Uh, let's see. Um, that scene before Johnny Depp dies in Nightmare on Elm Street. He's wearing like a half shirt. That's how this one looked. He's also sporting black wig with pigtails. It's really hilarious. While Chase sports a blue Chase University vest instead of the red one he was wearing earlier. While Chase sports a blue Chase University vest instead of the red one he was wearing earlier. Prior to this match, I've never seen Andre Chase wrestle before. And I'm glad I got to watch him because he's rather good. For a big guy, he moves like he's a cruiserweight. Grayson tagged in Tiffany and there's Chase the hitter. But he just moved out of the way for Saray to get in the ring. So you're, what you're supposed to do. They've totally forgot about the rules of a mixed tag team match. The men don't have to necessarily stay in the ring when the opponents are stacked in. Honestly, I really hope to bring back the mixed tag team challenge they did a while back with these two tagging because it really was a teachable moment. Actually, both teams look good and complement each other. Stratton hits her finisher on Saray, and just as she's about to cover her for the count, Bodhi grabs the air horn and sets it off for the rest to stop the count. Tiffany Stratton jumps out of the ring and on top of Bodhi with a crossbody block, gets up and looks down at him, telling him, That was a teachable moment. I wasn't expecting that out of her, but she did it, and I'm just like, "What the hell is was you're gonna you're not gonna let uh, Rhea Ripley do anything to AJ Styles, but you're gonna this is okay? That's fine, I don't mind, but still, Rhea Ripley should have done that. She gets back in the ring, and Saray steals the win with a distraction. Another segment with the Ivy Nile challenge with five, no. Four more competitors doing lunges with Bulgarian bags. Have they announced what there was going to happen once there was one person standing at the end of this challenge? What are they going to win? What is the reason for this? Why are we even doing this? By the end of this segment, there's only two guys left. The other quit. 
back from commercial break, and my thickness queen is in the ring already. Santina Marilla's daughter, Ariana Grace, comes out and is an even field. I wasn't expecting this girl to be just as big as Nikita, who tries to shake Ariana's hand, but as Ariana slaps her face. Instead of what I thought this match was going to end up being, it became a huge fight. You got a Ariana doing arm bars and arm locks on Nikita. I wasn't expecting this girl to be a heel in this match. At the end of it, this felt like another squash match only for Nikita Lions to advance in the tournament. Uh, poor Ari. Yeah, it's already looking like a negative one for me. But either way, I hope she in on NXT in the future and we get to see her wrestle and she gets to win matches. After seeing who she's facing next, Fallon Henley, we all know where this is going to end up. Lions versus the Last Legends in the finals. Again, Ivy Nile challenge. This time, my favorite workout challenge, the battle ropes, followed up by some pull-ups. Yeah, I love the battle ropes. I have one. I have some of those. One person is left standing, and she tells him to keep going until you can't anymore. Pull-up was chained wrapped right around him. That is so dramatic. The last guy does about five and stops. Meanwhile, Ivy Nile keeps going. What a damn challenge. <laughs> Natalia Neidhart taking on Cora Jade in the main event. This is why she is on NXT, to put over Cora Jade as a talent. Cora Jade almost gets Natty in the sharpshooter, but Natty slitters her way out of it. An awesome back-and-forth match with the crowd yelling, this is awesome. It was. Natalia almost puts her in the sharpshooter. Last five minutes of the match, Natty attacks Cora's leg and works on it. This is why Bret Hart was the GOAT. I thought we were getting a figure four on the ring post just like Bret would do it, but it got reversed. Add that to the little girl in the camera shot rooting for Cora Jade and trying to become relevant just like Izzy used to be when Bailey had her own stand in the crowd. <sighs> that should be like a dark side of ring because of all the shit she caused, but we'll talk about that some other time. I don't want to... Yeah. What, she's going to sue us also? Anyway, Cora goes for the sharpshooter and locks it in, but Natty powers out of it as well as Cora's knee buckling. This is awesome chance again. Last few minutes, they're going home. Natty puts Cora in the sharpshooter and wrenches it in. And just like Stone Cold bleeding from the WrestleMania moment... 13? WrestleMania 13. Cora Jade passes out from the pain. Natty wins via default. The ref and Natty check in on Cora, who's coming to, and Natty gives her a hug. She basically said, you did good, kid, but not good enough. And that was NXT. Um... Gonna take a little break when we get back. I'm gonna have AEW stuff to get through. Um, but first, listen to this. Finally, Johnny J of the DMSW podcast has come back to the From Under the Apron podcast. That's right, folks. Thanks to your tag team champions, Ernie and Michael, from the From Under the Apron podcast. My name is Johnny J, and I am the host of the DMSW Podcast. If you're up to date on all episodes from these guys here, and you're looking for a new podcast to check out, please come look me up at the DMSW Podcast. What does DMSW stand for? It stands for Disney. What? It stands for Marvel. What? And it stands for Star Wars. What? That's right. If you're a fan of all things Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars, then this is the podcast for you. 
On the show, I'll be doing interviews and having special guest hosts join me while we talk about anything and everything under the Disney umbrella. We're going to cover traveling to the Disney parks, and we're going to talk about our favorite rides, hotels, snacks, and dining experiences. And we'll play a little Armchair Imagineer, where we talk about what we might like to try to change or improve at some of our favorite Disney parks. We're going to dive into Disney+, and we'll review movies and TV shows from today. And for those of you looking for some nostalgia from the 80s and 90s, yeah, we'll check that box for you too. For the superhero fans, we're going to go and we're going to talk a lot about Marvel and the MCU while we review the newer movies and Disney Plus shows, as well as rank our favorite superheroes and movies from the past. We will also travel to a galaxy far, far away and find out if the Force is strong with you while we talk about all things Star Wars as well. New episodes come out every Monday, so give us a listen, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating and a quick review. So what do you guys say? You ready to meet me at Epcot? You want to go drink around the world? You want to have one beer? You want to have two beers? Want to have three beers? Want to get a margarita? We'll get a shot of tequila? Well, we'll do it all, because that's the bottom line, because Johnny J said so. If you smell... What the DMSW podcast is cooking. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is the wrap up. <laughs> uh, if you smell, yeah, old times, man, old times. I just kept saying, what, what? <laughs> uh, too bad I don't have beers. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, this is the wrap up. Up next is AEW, and it was an awesome show. Uh, let's start off. Uh, Adam Cole versus Dax Hartwood for the Owen Hart Foundation Memorial star of the show. And I don't usually watch it live. I just stick around until Thursday, and it's when I watch everything. Uh, but Wednesday, I got on Twitter and go went through the winners. But looking at the memes for this match, they had Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart in their places. You know, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter's interesting. It's a interesting world. That's why I always hype up my Twitter. I always say you should check us out on Twitter. Both of our shows, uh, both of our, you know, the show and my uh, personal Twitter. I like I follow everybody on both. It's the same thing. The same person. But, yeah, that was hilarious. The show starts, they both come out, and then they show Dr. Martha Hart enjoying herself and the whole show in the hot, in the skybox with her kids. Her whole family's there. It is freaking awesome. She's having a good time. Uh, back in the ring, Cole throws Hartwood into the, the corner, and he does that Bret Hart hitting the corner turnbuckle with his chest spot that he used to do in WWE. Yeah, it hurts the chest right here. <laughs> this whole match just seemed like an homage to both of them, with the exception of the multiple suplexes. Go Cole, Madam Cole goes to the corner and trolls the crowd by stomping his foot to do the sweet chin music. But Hardwood ducks it. They do a series of chain moves. Hardwood goes up to the top rope, comes back, and Cole hits the super kick for real this time. Uh, Hardwood sets up Cole for his uh, sharpshooter, and Cole kicks him in the face. They do another series of chain moves, and Hardwood hits Cole with a deadly jumping pile driver. It was, oh my gosh. Again, Hardwood goes for the sharpshooter, locks it in, and Cole is kicks him off. Hardwood does his best to sell the rib injury that he's had for quite a while now, but it's no, it's 
No good. Harwood gets in the ring and controls the crowd again and applies the sharpshooter on Harwood and wrenches it in. Um, yeah, Harwood tapped out. Sorry, guys. Sorry, wrestling fans, but it happened. Um, a Shawn Michaels fan beat a Bret Hart fan in the middle of the ring with a sharpshooter. Look at that. Uh, Adam Page comes out with the AEW World Championship title and goes to have a seat in the commentator section after Colt of Personality hits and out walks CM Punk with a New York Islanders giant, uh, hockey jersey. And you'd think they'd be cheering for him, but no, they don't like him there. Um, instead, it's the captain that left them a few years back that's on the back of his jersey, the name of it. CM Punk's stroll level is off the chart for this. The crowd is booing him, and they rather cheer for the hometown hero, MJF. And John Silver from the Dark Order comes out, who is from the area, and gets the other hometown hero crowd reaction. But it was kind of mid. Eh. He's no MJF. Like, if it was MJF, he'd get a bigger crowd reaction. Silver gave Punk a good match because Punk ended up sweating. Punk goes to the outside, or maybe because he's old, I don't know. Punk goes to the outside apron and notices Adam Page on commentary. He smirks and hits the back shot, the buckshot lariat on Silver, angering Page in the process. Punk covers Silver for the win. Page makes his way to the ring to confront Punk, and they both stand face to face in the middle. Punk grabs a mic and tells Page this is just business. At double or nothing, whether you like it or not, you will shake my hand, whether you're conscious or unconscious. He reaches for Page, Page to shake his hand, but instead, instead, Page middle fingers him in the face. Oh, those are some fighting words, my guy. Uh, Tony Nese took out Dan Housen in 20 seconds, perhaps around there. Maybe less. My, Mark Sterling gets on the microphone and tells him that this guy got an entrance, but Tony didn't. What does he think about that? Oh, Enrages Tony. Tony runs to the corner again and hits the knee on Dunhausen. Tony's about to hit the knee again, but Hook comes out and fends him off. Dunhausen extends his hand to shake and Hook takes it. The crowd pops for Hookhausen. Yeah. Back from commercial break and Warlow comes out in handcuffs. AEW plays a commercial for next season's Dark Side of the Ring, but it's not a real episode. I thought it was. <laughs> Like, I, I knew they were coming back because they said they were coming back. And then, like, I didn't believe the rumors that it was canceled. Like, who believes rumors that something is canceled? Like, I'd rather hear it from their mouth. It's about the dark side of MJF losing to CM Punk and Wardlow being the cause of it. Yeah, the dark side of a narcissist, basically. It's narrated by Chris Jericho with a camera appearance by legendary enhancement talent. Slap your... The back of your shoulder right there, buddies. All of you, if you remember that guy. Slap it, because I know I did. I know I was where I was, what I was doing when he beat um, Chris Candido of the Body Donnas. Skip. And he did that, the most devastating move in professional wrestling. The roll-up. I know where I was. Legendary enhancement talent, Barry Horowitz. Yes, he Freak, he did a cameo all because he was pissed off that um, uh, Wardlow caused 
Sean Dean, who was another handsman talent, to get a win on MJF and the other guy, uh, Sean Spears. So, and once Jericho realizes about MJF, he says, I'm not reading this shit after all we've been through. And then they tell him in his ear, what? Oh, he's pain. Okay. It was a minute or two of those things. It was funny. Back in the ring, we see a lot of fans dressed like MJF because they're in the most magical place in the world. Long Island, New York. Eh, isn't there a thing about Long Island and on Jersey Shore? I do remember that, right? Staten Island. Never mind. I'm sorry. Eh, I got confused. <laughs> the hometown hero finally makes his way out. He fist bumps everyone in the crowd, and even safe to say he mocked or copied the same reaction and entrance CM Punk had for his return to wrestling a month ago by posing with the crowd. He comes out wearing a Long Islander's hockey jersey with his name on the back of it. We're in Bizarro World, because they're all cheering for his ass. Uh, before I forget, there was also a a sign out there from MJF's real parents, his mom, who had a sign that says, This asshole didn't even wish me a happy Mother's Day. MJF is an asshole. <laughs> I totally believe it that he wouldn't do that either. That's hilarious. But it's all also all over Twitter. Somebody posted a picture of it all over Twitter. It's hilarious. Uh, he gets in the ring and grabs the microphone and just roasts him. He tells him if he beats him at double or nothing, he will let him out of his contract. Um, if Wardlow beats MJF at double or nothing, MJF will let him out of the contract. He tells the fans the last thing he ever wants him to do is to get out of their seats and boo Wardlow whenever he speaks. Uh, he says that he is still mad about the Wardlow, about what Wardlow did to his best friend, the American roller coaster, Cody Rhodes. I wonder why he called him that. Gee whiz. Hmm. Somebody help me figure that one out. Email it to me if you can. Um, was from under the apron at gmail.com. I should get used to that by now. He asked the fans if he wants to talk about 2024, and they say no. What, what about 2024? Oh, yeah, that's when his contract expires. And he wants to move to WWE. That's hilarious. He tells them good. Neither does anyone in the back. They don't. Don't ever leave. Please, MJF. Please. MJF tells Warlow he is going to whip him with his belt. But he's not going to do it once, twice, or three times. Or four times. Or five times. Or six times. He's not going to do it seven times or eight times. He's not going to do it nine times. He looks at Sean Spears and asks him... How many times is he going to whip Wardlow? Spears runs up to his uh, Wardlow's face and does the 10, which got a lot of pop. It's the perfect 10 reference. 10, 10, 10. Uh, shout out to his old gimmick. MJF says if he manages to survive those 10 whippings, he will have to face Spears in a steel cage, to which Wardlow laughs. MJF tells him that the last time he checked, he's 0 and 2 in cages. Shout out to the first cage match being an MMA UFC style match against the uh, undefeated Jake Hager. This cage match will have a special guest referee, MJF. If he happens to beat Spears, I doubt it if he's MJF the referee, he will face MJF. If Wardlow loses, however, at double or nothing, he will never look, work for AEW again. 
Warlow grabs the pen and signs the contract. He tricks security into uncuffing him and flips the table on a bunch of security guys and takes out the whole team, even Spears. MJF leaves and Warlow powerbombs Mark Sterling through the table. And that was that. And that's why he has a neck brace now. Uh, Ricky Starks defeated Jungle Boy for the FTW Championship. What the hell is that about? I don't understand that. The FTW Championship is like a Ted DiBiase Million Dollar Championship back in the day when he had a championship, the Million Dollar Belt. I don't know. Um, never def- when he defended it, of course he would take it. Like the only time he lost it was against Virgil. And even then, it's just like from inside his own camp, and then he fired him and everything. So it shouldn't be taken seriously. Even if he's defending competing for it, what is the point? To point out, the point is to be put over, right? I wasn't expecting Jungle Boy to win at all, and it just felt like a regular match after a long and awesome segment with MJF. So in other words, in the words of Michael, filler... After the match, Jungle Boy would have definitely won this had not been for Swerve, who showed up and decided to get in Ricky's face, which distracted the referee from Jungle Boy doing a roll-up. Kristen Cage and Luchasaurus come out and rudely bumps into Swerve and tries to apologize to them. Everyone in the world is expecting Kristen to turn heel at this point, but they might want to wait until the premium show. Keith Lee comes out to even the odds of Powerhouse Hobbs and Stark's corner. Luchasaurus leaves the ring and Kristen goes to check on Jungle Boy and everyone gets a sigh of relief when he didn't turn on him. That's true. Um, Up next is the Jericho Appreciation Society victory speech. Jericho has come out that he is copywriting the word wizard because he wants to use that as his new gimmick. This is basically it's just him mocking the WWE for copywriting every other name and word out there. So he says he's going to uh, copyright the word wizard. Sure, go ahead. He also says Jericho 216 says, I just burned your face. He tells Kingston he has to stay home and make sure she feels better. And if she doesn't make... Uh, his wife. He tells Kingston he has to stay home with his wife and make sure she feels better. And if his, And if his wife doesn't... Make sure his wife calls Jericho. Ooh, fighting words. Danny Garcia grabs the mic and tells him that the story is the same. Every time a, ta- a wrestler steps in the ring with a sports entertainer, the sports entertainer always wins. John Moxley's music hits, and out walks Mox. Jericho tells Mox he is going to give him a chance to leave because he is outnumbered. Out walks the other members of the BBC, and Jericho still tells them they are still outnumbered. The crowd pops when LAX and Kingston come out from the crowd and surround uh, the society. They all attack the society. Jericho gets pulled outside by Jake Hager. But William Regal decks Jericho in the face. It was a sweet, sweet deck. Up next, it was a Tony Storm defeating Jamie Hayter for the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. So this is a part of the show where I tell you who Owen Hart hit Owen. Jeez, oh Louise. This is a part of the show where I tell you who Owen Hart is, and why is the Owen Hart uh, Foundation tournament is taking place. 
um, a few nights ago, a few days ago, Kishina Booker, who was a friend of the show, uh, wrote this article and um, posted it on Bodyslam.net. I will post the, the link to the article and in the description on Spotify or anywhere else that you would like this episode is on. So, as goes as follows. On May 11th, All Heat Wrestling kicked off its Owen Hart Cup tournament. The tournament is a collaboration between AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation, a charitable organization founded by Hart's wife, Dr. Martha Hart. The weeks prior to kickoff night on May 11th's episode of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite saw a series of qualifying matches to determine the tournament's contestants. The tournament honors both the spirit of AEW itself and of the legendary Owen Hart. Who is Owen Hart? Owen Hart was considered one of WWF's, now WWE's, best in-ring performers. He achieved the Intercontinental Championship, European Championship, and won the Tag Team Championship multiple times. He was known for a high-flying in-ring style, but was also adept at the submission wrestling style, perfected by his family, the Hart, under the tutelage of Patriot Stu Hart. Despite his obvious and recognized gift for pro wrestling, Hart's time with WWF saw many changes to his gimmick. From the tag team high energy alongside Coco Beware to the Blue Blazer superhero gimmick. Stints with the New Heart Foundation and the Nation of Domination, Hart saw many variations in his presentation, shifting from babyface to heel and back as the wind shifted. His feud with brother Bret Hart for the WWE Championship, mwah, chef's kiss, my guy, chef's kiss. Like, the best thing that ever happened in 1994. Um, it was a career high for Owen Hart in 1994. In a heel turn driven by furious resentful sibling rivalry, Hart sabotaged his brother in matches against foes like Diesel and Bob Backlund. He won the 1994 King of the Ring tournament and faced his brother in a legendary steel cage match at 94 SummerSlam. Our, one of our favorite matches here on From Under the Apron. Hart's professional wrestling career legacy is that of a capable, naturally gifted, disciplined performer who delivered professionally excellent and engaging matches, but was sadly not always used to the level his abilities deserved in WWF storylines. Yeah, pretty much. Been saying that since day one. Um, past episodes, go listen to them. AEW's identity. This strikes a chord with AEW's aesthetic and ethos. From its inception, All Elite Wrestling has provided a home for performers like Hart was. Poised between prodigy and underdog, performers who are excellent in-ring but whose careers have been subject to fits and starts, disappointments and hard left turns, but still have the loyalty and interest of the crowd, have made their home in AEW. Many such performers have come from to AEW from World Wrestling Entertainment, like Cup contestants Tony Storm and Jeff Hardy. The parallels to Owen Hart. Both Storm and Hardy share parallels with Hart, like Hart early in his days with the World Wrestling Federation. Storm struggles to find a gimmick that translated her raw energy and skill. She flourished in NXT while it was under the helm of Triple H as a gutsy and snarky heel who went all out on her opponents with a brutal technical style. On Friday Night SmackDown, she was re- briefly repackaged into a vulnerable babyface. Since her AEW debut, Storm is slowly recovering her footing in a feud with Jamie Hayter. As for Hardy, when his brother Matt Hardy departed to join AEW, fortunes changed for him, much as they did for Hart when fellow New Hart Foundation members Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, and David Boy Smith departed for WCW.
In AEW, Hardy is experiencing a rebirth whose zenith was caped, capped by May 11th's dream match against fellow hardcore high flyer Darby Allen, which I will talk about later. Conclusion, AEW has paved a niche, a niche in pro wrestling. Obviously, I've been watching too much Boy Meets World. Eric saying the word niche and niche. Niche. Whatever. Performers familiar to crowds recognized and beloved for their talents have been able to find a rebirth there. It emphasizes the technical craft of pro wrestling, at which heart excelled, and it embraces underdog performers and gives their talents a generous stage. The Owen Hart Cup Tournament is a showcase of performers whose careers mirrors hearts and of AEW's own unique identity in the world of pro wrestling. Thank you, Kashina Booker and Bodyslam.net for that article. Um, I will post it in the link below as well. Main event of the match, Jeff Hardy defeated Darby Allen in the tournament as well. Um, I already said about Tony Storm defeating Jamie Hayter. It was a fun match. It was great. Uh, but because I saw everything that was happening online with between Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen, I just couldn't wait to get over here and talk about it. So, you know. The match started fast-paced, just like I would expect for Dar Darby Allen match to start. He sets up eight chairs outside, lined up for what's going to be an evil, crazy-looking bump. <sighs> yeah, I... Shit. Um, and this is within five minutes of the match. He just decides, set them all up, let's go. Jeff Hardy takes out a ladder from under the apron. <laughs> Take another drink. And it's the big guy. It's the 18-foot ladder. He throws it in the ring, and Darby gets the upper hand. During the picture-in-picture -picture commercial break, Jeff sets up Darby on the chairs and tries to climb the ladder, but Darby comes to get in the ring and fights Jeff off some more. Sets him up on the chairs, and Darby climbs the ladder. This is where we do the record scratch and pause because Darby's insane for doing this bump. He's on top of the ladder, jumps, flips, and lands on Jeff Hardy, but also hurts himself in the process. He looks like he took the top of the chair on his back. <clears throat> Alright, I will post a freaking link to a video of that in the con uh, description. Alright. <laughs> uh, they showed the replay about four or five times. I don't know why. It just decided, hey, look at this. Look at these guys. Again and again in different angles. Uh, they were out, probably. About a minute later, Darby gets up and tries to throw uh, Jeff back in the ring. I can't believe they're still moving, though. This feels like a pay-per-view match, or premium match, as they now calling them. Uh, Darby hits the top row turnbuckle and jumps off on Jeff, who moves, and Darby hits the hardest part of the edge of the ring when he tried to land his move. He basically knocks his own breath out. Hardy goes to pick him up and obviously checks on him. Darby throws Jeff in the ring, sends on a splash on Jeff, but he reverses it for a roll-up for the three-count. Jeff Hardy advances in the tournament and will face Adam Cole in the next round. Over on Rampage, uh, the first match of the night, Death Triangle, the uh, team of Pac, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon, Dark, Pentagon, Dark, Penta, Zero Miedo, Penta, and Cero Miedo, Cero Miedo. I don't know where he's going by now. He changes his name. He's been changing his name so much. Uh, they defeated the Butcher, the Blade, and Mark Wynn. 
uh, after the, in a trios match, of course. After the match, with the lights go out, and when they come back on, the Black family show up surrounding Death Triangle on the top rope. The lights go out again, and then when they come back on, they're gone. They probably went back to where they came from, under the apron. <laughs> Take another drink. Sean Spears defeated Bear Boulder. Cool name. Still the high of doing his perfect 10 shtick on Wednesday, Spears decided to do it again in front of Boulder, who was not handcuffed and sitting down like Warlow was. But Boulder grabs him by his neck and lifts him up for a military press, followed by a body slam. Spears puts 340 pounds of Boulder over his shoulder and hits a Death Valley driver for the win. Great job. Uh, up next, Ruby Soho defeated Riho and the tournament for the Owen Hart Foundation. The thing with tournaments is that everyone's going to get is everyone's going to get mad regardless of the winner. Online Twitter and all other sorts of social media. They got mad due to this match in the ending. It was a split of fans saying that Soho deserved this or that Riho should have won. You can't make everyone happy. This blows this goes back to the Mae Young Classic when I was practically rooting for someone else to go for the finals besides Shayna Baszler and Carrie Zane. You can't keep everyone happy. The thing with this match is that it was not a rampage, even though it deserved to be on the main show for being as fast-paced as it was. Uh, backstage, Billy Gunn is with his new team, the Acclaimed and the Gun Club. And he tells them, I think it's time to have a new hand gesture. To which one of the guns says to him and the brother, had the perfect one where they raise their hands and when they go like and before they even do the crotch chop, Billy comes stops there. Billy Gunn stops them and says no to that. Come on, just suck it. Do it. Oh, you don't want to get sued for that. Oh, okay, fine. The acclaim bring up the scissors and the motorboat. <laughs> what is with the scissor stuff? I don't understand scissoring and motorboating. What is that all about? Scissors and motorboats. Okay. Obviously I do. Shut up. Gun says that's perfect now. We need a catchphrase. Colton raises his hand again and says, We got the perfect catchphrase. We got two words for ya. And before he even completes that, Billy says, Stop it. Stop talking. That will never get over. Well, not in this era. Not anymore. Max raises his hand and says, What about, Yo, listen. Which is basically his catchphrase and his hand signal. Billy approves. He tells the team that he still has some pull around here, and he got them a match. Like he's mirroring everything that Rocky Johnson is doing on Young Rock. Basically, I love that. It's hilarious. Like he still has some pull around. No, he don't. He doesn't have clout anymore. Not on Dynamite. Not on Double or Nothing. But on Monday Night Elevation. The YouTube dark show where the acclaimed the ass boys have been all this time. So that's where they're basically going to go and face their competition. Uh, Jade Cargill in the baddies interview. She tells the camera to show the baddies in the front row. Oh, I have no idea who those girls are. Tony Schiavone tells Cargill that unfortunately Hikaru Shida won't be competing against Red Velvet in a tournament due to injury to which we have news about that in just a moment. Uh, they think Red Velvet moved on to the semifinals, but Tony tells her that someone else has taken Sheeta's place, and that is Chris Statlander. So the thing with Sheeta, she posted on Twitter, and apparently it was live because her reaction was the same as ours. She tweets after that with, "Well, 
I already had four matches of the street fight and just finished the greatest fighting musical show. But I seem to have been injured. Japanese wrestling is nothing for them. I'm so sorry, and sorry couldn't be in the tournament too. A lot of fans responded to her, wished her well. Another fan on Twitter by the name of at is just cross asked if it was true that she had a one hour and 45 minute match. If yes, she is a god. To another fan at Dinamoham underscore confirming that she did with proof, which was a good and confirming that she did with proof, which was a show in Japan on May 5th that Pro Wrestling Waves Catch the Wave 2022 at the Kuriken Hall in Tokyo, Japan. It had Shida and Miyako Matsumoto versus Sakura Hirota and Yuki Miyazaki, which lasted 105 minutes and 12 seconds. She would then went on to tweet, I'm glad from my heart that Chris is in the tournament now, and I'm going to try to enjoy Southern Holidays in Japan because it has been a while before I had. Be positive. That is awesome. But still, it's kind of shady that she found out just the same way we did. And, you know, through the phone and stuff. Or through watching. I don't know. She just... uh, But she's right. She did have five matches already after the street fight. She was good. She wasn't injured at all. So what's the story, man? What gives? Uh, it's time for the main event. Scorpio Sky defeated Frankie Kazarian for the TNT Championship. Uh, unfortunately, that's not what you wanted to see, but hey, it happened. Uh, this match has been so built up for weeks now that I just wanted someone to win. Sammy Guevara and Jay Conti sitting in the front row with the AAA Tag Team Championships. Sammy still wants a shot at the TNT Championship, though. This was an awesome 15-minute match. Cat showed that he can still go even though he's a ring veteran and has been wrestling for 25-plus years. It'd be the same reaction if Kaz was facing Christopher Daniels. Just the fact that these three put on an awesome matches together as a tag team or alone when they were facing each other is a testament to how far they've come in the business. Uh, Kaz does his move and that I have not seen Randy Orton do, but might know by now that it exists. Kaz slingshot Sky into the ring with the ropes and does an RKO which pops the crowd. And I kept saying someone's going to steal that move. Kaz applies the chicken wing on Sky, and he tries so hard to get out of it, even pushing off the turnbuckle to try for the pinning combination. Uh, throwback move, for those that don't remember. Bret Hart doing it on Stone Cold Steve Austin at Survivor Series 96, before Bret turned heel. So anyway, but Kaz continues to hold on to it. Dan Lambert runs down, and so does Eden Page, who hits Kaz with the TNT title. Sky hits his TKO move, pins Kaz, and wins. Sammy Guevara is seen in the crowd saying, I told him so. Sky didn't see Ethan Page, and they look like they're about to fight. Ethan again with the yelling into the mic, telling Sky he did it for the team. Sky gets in the face again and looks like we're about to get that split, but Sky hits Kaz with the TNT title instead. Both Ethan and Sky attack Kaz while Donald Lambert yells at Sammy, Where are you and Whorehausen going right now? To which, wow. To which, wow is right. Sammy and Tay get in the ring with chairs to save Kaz from the beating. I'm sure Kaz is appreciative of that moment. 
over on SmackDown. The show opens up with RK-Bro calling out the Bloodline. Sami Zayn being the weasel that he is and the Bloodline snitch comes out to tell RK-Bro to go back to their brand. Arden Pierce comes out to say Riddle has a match against Zayn, which Riddle won. Just like, you don't need to know anything else. Riddle won. Backstage after the match, Roman says he already smashed them. Why are they even on a show? Alright. Jimmy also says they are going to do this for the bloodline. The whole world will acknowledge the tribal chief. Back from commercial break, Zami Zayn is backstage with his head down that he lost. You know, he's a little feeling a little emotional right now. He comes face to face with Nakamura, his old tag team partner, who tells him that Roman Reigns is the head of the table, but he's the table's ass. He laughs and walks away while Pat McAfee is singing Nakamura's theme music. Da, 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 oh. Back in the ring, Ronda Rousey comes out and says she's happy she's a SmackDown World Champion. Never calling it the SmackDown Women's Championship title twice. She did the promo a while back saying she, why should she call it the Women's title? Why not just the World title? She doesn't understand. So here we are. She says Charlotte was a 13-time women's champion. And then in a couple months, she'll be a 14-time women's champion. Don't put statistic into this or shit will happen again. Let it go. I don't want another era of the queen. I don't think I can handle it anymore. Uh, Ronda says she wants to be a fighting champion. So she puts uh, an open challenge for the SmackDown championship title. And who answers the call but my girl Raquel Rodriguez. She steps in the ring and steps up to Ronda, introduces herself, and accepts her challenge by telling her that tonight, she is the one that's going to be making history. Yeah, chingona. What's up, mommy? What's going on? Let's go. Well then, looks like we have ourselves a good old-fashioned headbanger. This felt new for Ronda as she had to do whatever it took to overpower her opponent when lately she'd been doing regular work against Charlotte and other women smaller than her. Raquel goes for the chingona bomb, but Ronda counters by holding onto the arm and doing an arm bar and getting out of that move. Raquel tries to go for another power bomb, but Ronda hurricanes it and pins her for a hook and the win. Ronda and Raquel shake hands. Uh, after that, it's a Madcap Moth interview segment saying he was bored out of his mind when he was teaming with Cappy Corbin. Corbin sneaks into the ring and strikes Moth with a chair. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee with a shout out to the show asking the same question we ask and answering it. Where did he come from? Well, Pat, he came from, and say it with me, fellow wrestling junkies. Say it with me. Say it with all the might you have. He came from under the apron. <laughs> shout out to Anchor.fm for always sponsoring our production. Totally free. Corbin continues his assault on Moss, wraps the chair around his neck, and picks up the trophy to break it on top of the chair. Corbin's next name is Brutal Corbin. Moss just gets his few wins, and now they're waiting him, riding him off of TV. This feud is not over, obviously, so we got another few weeks of this feud. But either way, Pat Neck, if he just acknowledged us, what's up? Um, also, for those that are keeping score, make sure you take that shot of whatever you're drinking because he just said from under the apron and remember that whenever you do you're watching at home also uh sasha banks and naomi defeated natalia and Shayna baszler for the women's tag team championship 
I was expecting Natty and Shayna to win with the way they showed this team coming to the ring after the break, but it did keep them busy for a while until we get another team to push. Fast-paced, and usually they show the picture-in-picture, picture, and this should have been one of them. Team Bad prevails and continues to be the tag team champions, or until someone dethrones them. And while we're on the subject of Naomi possibly turning heel, <laughs> the Usos were on the Corey Graves After the Bell podcast. Link in the description on Spotify and YouTube. And Jimmy was asked if Naomi will be part of the bloodline. Jimmy says, It's very, very likely, man. She talks about it a lot. She says she can jump and glow. She's ready to just snap. Like she could just snap, man. She snapped on my ass plenty of times. She's so ready to try something new. She's always been adaptive, and she gets it. That's why she's been around. Sometimes I forget she's been here for 10 years, too. And now that makes me think she's going to turn on Sasha Banks and go after the SmackDown World Championship. Or the SmackDown Women's Championship. Whatever Charlotte's trying to call it. Or two for... I'm sorry... Not Charlotte. <laughs> See, I already missed that freaking broad. Um, Ronda Rousey. Or two for one deal, and they keep both girls in the group and have the tag team titles as well. So imagine that. The tag titles, the Raw tag titles, the um, WWE title, the WWE... Uh, what's it called? The big title, I guess? The Universal? Yeah, that one. And then the SmackDown Women's Tag Titles? Damn! Ah, this bloodline. Back from commercial break, we see Gaba Gulak, Drew Gulak, talking to Ricochet about not giving up. Gulak says the next time he sees Gunther, he's going to put him in his place. Oh, fuck. Gulak walks away with the camera following him and runs into Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. Ludwig... Ask Gulak, what is it that you want to say to the ring general, Gunter? To which the big man, Gunter, pushes him into the wall, rips his shirt up, and slaps the soul out of him. Like, eh. Um, let's not do that again. Alright, cool. Alright. I, I don't know how to compare it to without sounding, you know. Um, yeah, okay. Never mind, let's move on. Butch defeated Kofi Kingston. The whole match was just New Day trying to antagonize Butch and get him as mad as possible to get himself DQ. Some body manipulation to get Kofi, Kofi hurting. Fight night trying to get Butch hyped up and hopefully this takes the suspenders off of Moss now that Sheamus is wearing them as well. Sort of like a team costume. Butch hits his finisher on Kofi Kingston, the pin and the win. Butch celebrates and leaves through the crowd, leaving Sheamus and Ridge Holland confused. And finally, the bloodline comes out to the ring for the final segment of the night. Acknowledge him. He is the 623 days WWE Universal Champion. You know the deal. He smashes them on Sunday and then they come out the next Friday and tell everybody who's next. He smashed John Cena and then came out the next week and told y'all who's next. He smashed Brock Lesnar and then told y'all who's next. He smashed RK Bro, and here we are. He calls Paul Heyman the wise man. A wise man. Who's next? <laughs> because he smashed them all already. They, they might as well call somebody from NXT to give him some competition. The Untouchable Tribal Chief says that the users are next to smash RK Bro and ask Jimmy what they're going to do about it. RK bro come out and Randy Orton tells them they want a tag team unification match so they can have both sets of titles and call them the tag team unification match or the tag team you know the 
unified tag team champions. He asked Romans if he understands the words that are coming out of his mouth. A shout out to Chris Ru Tucker in Rush Hour Movie. They wait for an answer and Jimmy tells them to accept for next Friday. Jimmy tells them there's going to be two titles on Jimmy, two titles on Jay, and two titles on Roman Reigns still. <laughs> Riddle acknowledges that and needs Romans in the face. That man is next. I'm telling you right now. We're getting that heel riddle after this whole thing happens. And that and that was SmackDown guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well as I did. And that was it. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting us. You can find us on all other sort of social platforms. First, with the Nirvana Network, or TNN for short, which is a conglomerate of podcasts that promote each other's common interests. So give them a follow as well. Check out the Linktree at linktree.com forward slash the Nirvana Network for more information on that. We, will, we also have them in the description on Spotify. Uh, follow us on Twitter at apron underscore stories, apron stories. Follow me on Twitter at Million Dollar Geek. Listen to us on Spotify or Anchor.fm, totally free, at From Under the Apron. Check us out on YouTube and smash the subscribe button. And follow us on Instagram for more wrestling content. Hopefully you're reading the episode description. I got lots of stuff there now. I've gone back and edited some of the descriptions for the videos where you now you can click on links, which will send you the videos of what we're describing and or stories. I will be doing the same thing for past episodes as well. Send us a message or your favorite wrestling stories, either by mail. It is from under the apron at gmail.com. Or click on the link if you want to leave us a voice message. Doesn't matter if you're trolling or want to promote your business. We will still air it. And you see the two that we just aired this today? That could be you. Let, give us a, a listen. Let us know. Uh, links to those two podcasts will be in the description below. As well as the TNN, the Nerdvana Network. Uh, we will have a link to all the matches we talked about on this broadcast, just in case you may want to see it for yourself. Thursday is May 19th, so we will have a very special episode regarding that date and its implications. This week's question, however, is what is your favorite Kane moment? Yeah. Uh, put it on the Q&A, let us know, or send us an email from underdeapron at gmail.com. Let us know. Until next time, on behalf of myself and Michael, thank you for listening to these awesome stories from Under the Apron. Take another shot of that. Goodbye. <laughs>